0: Hello and welcome back fellow riders on Bus Talk, a podcast about work-life issues which crowd our minds each day. Myth-busting into reality, Bus Talk shares stories, anecdotes, observations, some tips and tricks to better your work-life balance or lack thereof. Simply put, it's a straight talk to help you cope with various work-life situations without having to reinvent the wheel. And yes, there is a lot of traffic, so it does take time. We go slow, steady and at our own pace. If this is what piques your interest, you're on the right bus. So sit back, turn up the volume and enjoy the ride. I'm your host GB and you're listening to Bus Talk. Today's ride, we talk about inside sales business models in India. And I have a little surprise for you. I have invited a special rider to hop on in our journey today. But first, let me set the context of our discussion today. We are going to talk about inside sales strategy, which is, say, a part of your digital sales transformation strategy and I've been interacting with many sales leaders from the industry and having run similar teams myself, a couple of things really stood out. Number one, there was no consensus on the fundamental question on what role should inside sales play in your organization. And the second question was, most sales folks thought inside sales as a stepping stone to the more important field sales. And of course, there'll be tertiary questions to this, but fundamentally, these were the two questions. We will deep dive into these topics and share what we can, drawing from our varied experiences, leading, building, and running such teams over the years. Hopefully, at the end of it, you will have a better understanding, a better thought clarity, and some useful myth-busting aha moments to think about. I know you may have many questions, but like they say, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So let me begin the first step with an introduction to our special rider joining us today. Please join me in welcoming my fellow rider, Mr. Jyoti Satyanathan. And yes, we are in different locations with almost 30 kilometers separating us apart doing this episode over a joint call, so do bear with us in case there are any glitches uh, during this episode. Well, with that social distancing norm set, I've invited Jodi to join this ride, not just because he's been a leader with IBM for 22 years plus, but also because he's a thought leader in the industry. His articles on LinkedIn are quite thought-provoking and insightful. In fact, a couple of them's stand out in my view one was the day i lost my temper and the other one was long live inside sales suggest you uh, read them when you find time makes for a very compelling argument he's what we call a 360 degree player in the industry and so for this ride drawing from his huge repertoire jyoti will be sharing his thoughts on on the topics i just mentioned with that say hello to jyoti
1: I thank you. Let me begin first by saying that the question that you asked me does not have a fixed answer. The actual answer is in the role assigned by the business to the inside sales team. And this role will vary by the core objective of the firm or the business. Just to make thinking easy for the listeners, let me break this into a 2 by 2 matrix. On one axis is simple versus complex product. Take this as the x-axis the other is new business versus a repeat business. New business or existing client, repeat business or existing client. Now let's look at the quadrant itself. The first quadrant I want to discuss is a simple, the repeat business. This is an inside sales-owned quadrant and a no-brainer. Renewal of services contracts, software renew- renewals, new sign-ups or change requests from services, all these fall under the task given to the salespeople in this quadrant. In this quadrant, the sales team can also extend that conversation to do some new business. It is just adding efficiency to the call time. Let's get to the next quadrant. next quadrant is simple and new. This quadrant always brings up a discussion of cold calling, versus servicing inbound calls. Unless one is talking about a very niche product, cold calling, in my opinion, offers a very low interest rate. This quadrant needs to be augmented by very powerful marketing campaigns and the inbound leads need to be handled from demos to pilot and then to closure and if possible, all in a seamless process. It is here that technology has to be strengthened. There should be maybe a platform that helps the inside sales to complete the end-to-end cycle. The next two quadrants I want to discuss is largely about complex business. So let's look at the complex but repeat business. This is the complex demand from an existing client. This quadrant is what I call an inside-outside quadrant. The process of conversion can start from the inside and when there is a need for a personal touch, the lever and the ball has to be passed to somebody outside for resolution. A typical role of the outside person should be to look for new business within an existing client. Here, teaming is very important. The teaming between the inside sales member and the outside sales member. We should also ensure that the sales quota settings, the expectation settings are all in a teamed fashion. The last quadrant I want to discuss is a complex new client quadrant. This is clearly a space for an outside sales person traditionally. But this is a quadrant that I have always been advocating a little change. The clients here always were serviced by a typical salesman but had a lot of experts or SMEs tagging along to close a deal. In fact, a lot of senior execs also jump in to help close a deal. In the new world where travel has become inefficient and where experts are in shortfall, I'm advocating that we put experts in an inside center with augmented video technologies. There were two things that were falling short to make things possible in this quadrant. One, the technologies of video platform were still not very efficient. And two, there was always a cultural issue where people wanted to meet face to face. A, the 5G technology in the future will ensure that the platform required for this kind of an execution is available. The corona situation in fact has created the cultural change wherein Clients would be very much willing to come onto a video platform to have a discussion as long as the experts are available, they're available whenever they need them and a typical excuse of I'll get back to you or I'll have somebody else come to you is being eliminated. Summing up, it is not about a fixed role for inside sales but the best and the most efficient way to service a target client and his needs. Inside sales has a role in every quadrant of a sales cycle, be it simple or complex. It is just the way you would configure this team. It is a strategy of the overall leader, the CEO, to decide how efficiently will he configure the outside and the inside teams. Thanks.
0: Excellent points, Jyoti. Very insightful. So let me share my two cents on the principal fundamental question of what role should an inside sales engine play in your business. Let me take a cascading waterfall approach to share my thoughts. So zoom out a little bit, roll back, and let me ask the sales leaders or startup founders or entrepreneurs listening to this podcast a couple of big picture questions before diving into the details in your business do you wish to see the inside sales team play a support engine or do you wish to see them play the sales engine in majority of the businesses in india it's usually the former inside sales plays second fiddle to field it functions as a support engine to the field there are three distinct advantages to this model number one sales funnel gets generated for field to go out there and close business it frees up their time on finding opportunities and qualifying them they can focus on closing businesses it sounds like a decent divide and conquer strategy if you will the other notable advantage is that it acts as a talent pool uh, which could uh, move into field instead of say hiring somebody from outside somebody working on the inside in tandem in a tag team partnership familiar with the geography territory vertical or product can immediately move in as a replacement to the field uh, field team and last but not the least it also acts as a back office support function for all non-mission critical activities like there are instances where inside sales is leveraged for fixing meetings doing groundswell activity and so on and so forth so i'm sure there are multiple other advantages but these are the two or three which kind of bubble up but here is the aha moment right there is the yin and the yang this is there is the other part of the story which tags along with these advantages and Let me show you how the same advantages become disadvantages, and therefore, it neutralizes the whole purpose of having a scale engine in the business. Once you make inside sales roll into field, essentially. It means that there is no divide and conquer in the real sense. Field essentially is the de facto owner of the territory, which means there could be overlapping of efforts, there could be duplicate engagements, and friction on credit issues. These consume a lot of bandwidth management, bandwidth conflict resolution, and as trifle or as it's simple it might sound, people live and die with these issues and they impair high productivity levels that a person or a team can deliver. This defeats the purpose of of a robust business model. If ownership were to be equal, the results are better. Simple logic being, if there are more number of resources that automatically should mean that you are able to reach more number of customers. The more number of customers you reach, You lower the risk and you increase your chances of revenue. You lower the risk of missing your forecast and also ensure that the next big deal could be just around the corner. You are casting the net far and wide. The second point, if inside sales is going to serve as a talent pool to the field folks, what is the resultant impact to the inside sales business? What happens is it creates unrest within the business because the team is perpetually either being governed or dictated by field, in which case then why do you need an inside sales leader or management? Might as well the field run it. It becomes like a dog in the manger kind of a situation. Or when this talent pool is perpetually thinking that this is a transitory phase, I perhaps have to do this for about a year and a half or two and then move into field. They never really hit high productivity levels because at the back of their mind, this is just an interim phase. So the stress factor comes on to the inside sales leadership on retaining and growing. Now, if you want to perpetually build a, f- a pass-through strategy, then the productivity levels, the output levels for which the inside sales team was constituted fundamentally gets defeated right the whole point of reach frequency and yield that is reaching far and wide doing more business frequently and perhaps increasing the average deal size and value over finding new business gets defeated because the productivity levels are difficult to manage so the challenge the third challenge in this is if you treat the inside sales as a back office non mission critical workload unit it under leverages the power of remote sales again this is equal there is equal good talent pool in inside if they were good enough to be hired in the company then they are good enough to do either inside or outside sales and It is up to the business model to leverage this power of talent that is available. There is no smartness in under-leveraging somebody's potential. You have to stretch the potential. So the model, the business models have to be such that each resource has to be at its highest productivity levels. And that's what we have to enable as leaders. So here's a fun fact. How does your business grow? Simple. Simple it grows when your customer's business grows, right? Now, if your customer's business is not growing double digits, how are they going to give you a double digit YOY revenue? Think about it. It's unlikely. So, what happens when you don't get big business? There is pressure to find gold when there is none. Your superman aka your star sales rep or person, tries multiple histrionics while trying to chase the proverbial last-minute superhero big deal. There are exceptions taken, there are discounts approved, one-time exceptions, one-time discounts which go well and beyond and after all the uh, trials and errors and approvals and checks and balances, net of the story, more often than not, the deal slips. The customer either stalls the purchase or goes with your competitor. Now, what is this is the worst case scenario? And what is what is the best case scenario? If the deal does close in your favor, then the customer already knows that your Superman has given them the key to kryptonites of discounts. They squeeze further. The conversation of value add, business strategy, everything goes out of the window. It's how much more discounts you can. Extract is the only conversation that is happening, aka also known as negotiations. Needless to say, they push hard because they know you have a quarter ending, a year ending, they're smart and you will have to yield at some point. So, this eats into your profit margins and you may lose money on the deal. Now, how many such deals can you afford in your forecast? How many times are you going to revise it downwards? What Does it say of you as a leader, are you buffering well? Are you going to buffer like three deals for every deal? Is that even possible? You know, they say, where is your plan B? Where is your plan C? Question is, where is your time to get that plan C, plan D? You still have that nine or 10 hours for the day. You can't cramp 18 hours into nine hours. And that's not where the whole story ends. What happens in many cases, as we have seen, To make matters worse, your star player, your super person or superman decides to jump ship. And once they decide to move to another organization, what happens to the business? There is loss of business continuity, which is why I'm not such a big fan of star salesperson. Your business has to be largely process dependent and not person dependent so that The time lost between two ramp-ups is almost like, what, seven months. What I mean to say is when the rep is mentally getting switched off because they don't just quit one day. Suppose they have to quit, they probably switch off two months in advance and the productivity slowly drops. From that point to the new hire ramping up and being at the top productivity is almost like a seven-month interim period. Who takes the load of the forecast in the interim? Now, if your sales compensation structure is capped at 120% or 140%, and if the rep who's at 140 is being asked to you know take on a stretch goal, what is their motivation to do that? They are not going to get paid. And they also, in the back of their heads, know if suddenly they do 170%, then there is the next year to beat. Doing Repeating 170% YOY is incredibly difficult. So what happens? How do you manage this deficit? You think someone will bail you out, uh, but more often than not, it doesn't happen. So what do you do in such situations? The only way you get more business is if you you can perhaps strategically solve your customers' customer problems. And if you are not in a position to do that, then you have to de-risk your business. How do you therefore de risk your business? By finding new business. How do you find new business? By playing the volume game. And that is where the role of the inside sales engine kicks in big time. I think if you had an army of soldiers who worked in a programmatic, predictable, process oriented manner, went hunting while having a backup plan, delivered your business in a predictable way, chances are that you would get to your forecast accuracy even better than you did previously last but not the least this army would still cost lesser than two Superman or three supermans in the business the scale the, the scale army impacts reach frequency and yield they take your business and make it visible to more customers which you have perhaps not seen before or knew that they existed before So it covers the breadth and the depth. It covers the upsell and the cross-sell while mapping the customer's environment. I guess you get the drift. So does it mean you forget your existing customers and focus only on new customers? Answer is no. It's never one in lieu of the other. Remember, one business cannot succeed in lieu of the other, isn't it? Both have to succeed. So The point I'm trying to bring to this question is, when you think about what role an inside sales engine should play in your business, bear in mind an under-leveraged sales unit is never good for forecast. On that note, it gives me the perfect segue into our next topic. It talks about the careers. In inside sales, or is inside sales a stepping stone or a launch pad to move into field sales? And in this section, we address questions around the career progression for inside sales, folks. So, Jyoti, let me ask you this. Why is inside sales considered as a stepping stone into field sales for most organizations? What could be the typical challenges with such a model? And is there a future for any new salesperson starting off as an inside sales uh, career to invest their precious years into this model? Over to you, Jyoti.
1: Hi, look, this debate will go on. In the new world, there will be no difference between inside and field sales. There will only be a salesperson augmented with technology. If a firm is selling rather simple products, they will have everybody inside. For complex products, there will be a mix of inside and outside. We will see that in the future, the typical field's role, field sales role will be 70% inside and 30% outside. For example, a complex deal may have a larger outside focus at some phase of the deal, but can be managed inside for a larger time. For example, Contract discussions are done largely at client site. Why cannot this be done through a video sharing platform with experts, lawyers, legal luminaries joining in from various parts of the world? Why cannot technical solutioning be done through a video platform instead of we will all get back to you with an expert answer and then we have experts flying in to meet the client? Yes, there are many reasons why one should be in front of the client the initial days to develop a relationship, to take feedbacks, for physical demos, and many more things. Look at what's happening in the world today. Every business has transformed into an inside sales organization due to the coronavirus. It's it's something that has been impressed upon everybody and everybody is sort of coping with it and starting to feel comfortable with it. Everybody today is desperate to get the economic wheels moving. And all this is happening from the homes.
0: Yes, the world is not
1: fully prepared for this yet, but things are starting to happen and people are starting to realize that yes, it is possible to conclude business remotely without having people in front of them over telephones, over video platforms. On the client side, the appreciation of not needing to meet physically will be enhanced. They will also increase their investment on technology and hopefully they will only meet vendors on a video platform. They will start using document management system to exchange papers, contracts, proposals. The need for wet signature will also disappear on most of the contracts and e-signature will take over. Now let's get back to the sales rep himself. Look, an inside sales job is a bloody tough job. Most of the time you're talking to a new client with whom you have no relationship. If you're on the phone, you have no idea about his body language. So if selling is an art, then what, and then this, this art exists mainly within the inside sales professional. What we call a field seller, in fact, is a largely general management role for beginners he's assigned to existing clients. His task largely is to calendar manage a set of experts and execs who want to meet the client. The effort is equivalent to 10 jacks carrying a tree. Nobody knows who is making the tree move, but the tree in all possibility will reach its destination. Fundamentally, he is participating in a standard process that will end with a PO from the client. So if you want somebody to learn the art of selling, put him in the grind in an inside sales organization. The only reason he would want to move to field is only because of compensation differentials and hierarchy differentials that the job may offer. But one need to be clear that the skills on both sides are different. I would say that every seller hired by the company should spend some time in inside sales. The skill will give him a very different edge when he moves on to manage large clients on the field. This is largely my view when it comes to inside sales versus outside sales. Over to you, Ayan.
0: Thanks, Jyoti. Great points again. I completely concur with you. We are moving into a digital age, you know, almost like we see in computing Earlier, we used to have surface computing. It needed a surface, and we are perhaps heading towards a generation which will see surface-less, contact-less um, environments. In fact, I was reading a Forbes article uh, some time back. It suggested that inside sales is growing 15 times faster than the field sales globally. And I can you know, share that I see a similar trend in India too for example in 2013 a large oem had somewhere around 35 36 people in field for a particular business unit uh, and about 39 or 40 people in the inside by the time uh, it was 2017 there were that 35 uh, 36 in field had become 33 and that 39 in inside had become 114 in inside so anybody thinking that Inside sales is not a career. This is testimony for you to realize that there is enough growth trajectory to have a career invested growing through the ranks from being uh, an inside sales rep to becoming a team lead to manager, to director, to VP, what have you. There is an absolute parallel growth. The inside sales engine, you know, just went up like a hockey curve, and that's just not all you know just the just not the people this business unit that I was that grew in like 4 years to more than 130 people was also responsible for 100 million dollars of revenue you know traditionally we have heard this conversation that inside sales does low ticket small volume business but do you know that when you add up those small uh, numbers it adds up to a big number so i know of a couple of uh, inside sales engines who are revenue driven completely and deliver more than 70 75 percent of the country's numbers almost like 100 million dollars in india and so it is high time that the industry acknowledges that inside sales can run as a sales engine and therefore the people uh, who are driving these are as good as anybody in the outside basically once once you are a salesperson then you are a salesperson whether you are generating business via a remote sales engine via telephone or whether you are going and meeting a customer in person And there are many more examples in India where business leaders have made inside sales as their primary business strategy, and not just for the volume game, even in the large enterprise businesses. Now, I'll give you a great instance where there was this gentleman who was managing a big account, uh, global ultimate, as they call it, right? Fortune 100, if you will, for the past 20 years. Now, when the inside sales uh, rep found an opportunity in that account, the uh, let's call him the key account manager or key account director for that account said, look, I've been this account manager for 20 years plus, so there's nothing new that you can tell me. But what information this rep had was that the global parent or the global ultimate had about 58 or 59 wholly owned subsidiaries and the OEM license footprint in those 59 subsidiaries was less than 20% while he, this person was largely covering the main parent company. So he asked that fundamental question that how are you therefore reaching out to the rest of the subsidiaries? Are we leaving money on the table? And therefore that divide and conquer strategy again, as we alluded earlier, You know, settled in, and there was enough growth where this person continued to focus on mapping the depth business, as it were, in the large enterprise space. While the mergers and acquisition, even though being a large business, played like a volume business um, flavor, and the rep went on to, you know, become a very senior executive in that business. So what I need you people, especially uh, the ones who are just starting off their inside sales careers to know, yes, there is an ample scope growth for you to grow in, in, in inside sales. And remember, it's a 30-year, plus minus 30-year journey. So you have to pace yourself well. If uh, after two years or three years you get restless, then that's not building your skill sets completely it also will pay you decent money. Like I said, how things were back in 2010 or 2007 is not how things are in 2020. Just again, hypothetically speaking, if, for example, a field sales manager's compensation is, say, 30 lakhs per annum uh, in 2010, the inside sales manager would hover around 15 to 18 lakhs, Just orange just our same work experience levels, all right? But in 2020, that math has changed a little bit. The same, say, a field sales director is perhaps, say, at 50 lakhs per annum. The inside sales director is perhaps at 45. That gap has narrowed. The gap is still there, but it has narrowed. And therefore, the uh, growth factor as the market matures, you will see that more and more people have this equal opportunity to grow as much so if you are growing within the inside sales business up the ranks then there is no need for you to step anywhere else the problem happens when you don't grow and if you don't grow then it can happen with field as well right you, we have known uh, account managers to remain account managers for 15 years or become senior account managers so Don't blindly move into field. If you have a passion for it, absolutely go for it. Nothing wrong. Bear in mind, nothing wrong. But to think that there is no career or inside sales is an interim or standby uh, or a transitory phase is perhaps not the most accurate way of looking at it. The core skill sets that you need to have to become a good salesperson remain the same you have to clearly be good with people management, process management, technology skill skill sets need to be good if you are going to be in the tech sales environment. That core fundamentals don't change. So the long and short of it is that if you are a rep who is in inside sales, rest assured, you can grow all the way to the top to be in senior management over time, just like you would have done, say, in field. In fact, I can perhaps take my, stick my neck out and say that chances are you might even get there faster, right? So that's all I can share about uh, career tr- progressions and tr- uh, tr- uh, transitions within the inside sales business. I know we could have gone on a bit longer. There are so many questions and so many other points, which I just thought we'll touch upon these points. And if you are... Uh, Uh, someone who has more questions or doubts do please reach out to uh, my social media handles and i'll try to address to the best of my ability you can reach me on GyanBan, which is um, on twitter or you can send me an email at fuel at dnumeric5in.com or leave a comment on linkedin i think that that should be uh, more than enough so before we close, Jyoti, uh, any final comments from your side?
1: And the only closing comments I have is, I have tried to simplify the process of inside sales uh, for the audience that we're currently addressing. But there's a whole lot of process and technology involved in having a very, very efficient inside sales on A lot of digital technology, a lot of video conferencing platforms, a lot of marketing, the metrics, the measurements and the feedback mechanism. All these got to be studied and it will be very, very specific to the organization, the product that they're selling. So if any organization wants to relook at the efficiencies of the sales organization, inside sales definitely is something that they should consider and they should consider it with a lot more of seriousness with a lot more strategic intent with a lot more of planning thank you and hope to see you and talk to you guys sometime soon
0: excellent thanks jyoti well folks uh, that brings us to the end of our journey today we will post this on linkedin and twitter so you can interact with us and if you had any doubts questions pertaining to this episode please feel free to leave your comment or suggestions in our subsequent rides we will address new topics on inside sales this may range from enablement people management metrics stakeholder management expectations models in-house versus outsourced, and so many other things. I really want to take the opportunity and thank Jyoti for taking the time to join uh, on this ride. Your insights and commentary will surely open up some clogged minds, if you will, and give uh, valuable insights. And I really hope to invite you again on uh, the bus talk on Omnibus. So thank you, Jyoti, for your uh, time and comments.